Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report, the last Ralph Report of the week. Hell, judging from the sky, the last Ralph Report ever because we have, uh, we've entered into the end times. I'm expecting to see the four horsemen of the apocalypse come riding over the horizon. This is what it looks like. You would expect it to look like towards the end times. If you're not in California then you probably don't know what we're talking about. But the sky has become an eerie orange yes. that is filled with ash yes. and fire. And the smell of brimstone. And the smell of uh, burning flesh and death. And the screams of the suffering. And here in Southern California, it's not nearly as bad as it is uh, up north where the majority of the fires yeah, are. Yeah, my sister-in-law lives up there. They say it's just bright orange all day long. So you can't even step outside. You can't breathe. It looks like... Remember SETI Alpha 5, the uh, the planet where Khan and the other <laughs> members of the uh, Botany Bay were, yes. were left behind by Captain Kirk and it the is, crew of the Enterprise? It is similar to that, yeah. yes. You got to wrap your face in a scarf and wear little slitty-eyed uh, uh, visors in order to get around, and giant worms are working their way into yeah, your ears. That's pretty close. Not it's, far off. It's it feels apocalyptic. It looks as if we're living on Mars right now. So we may be back, we may not. But if we're not, hell, we're gonna go out with a bang on this show because it's a Friday. You know how I love the Friday shows. Mm. This show's jam-packed. Full. So much goodness. If you shoehorn it all in. It's dripping. And it must be a hole in the show because it's dripping all over my shoes. <laughs> And and the carpet, <laughs> something's dripping. I think it's the show. You might want to see a doctor. Steve Ashton's coming back. Ah, uh, Steve Ashton, Yay. our UK correspondent, will be on hand with the UK update. He'll also be here when we take a look at the video vault. That's what that is when uh, we open up the big vault here in the Batcave and we find a movie from the past. Each of us picks one. Perhaps you haven't seen it yet. Here's something you can see while you're uh, trying to stay inside while the sky's on fire or during the uh, pandemic that we're dealing with, the global <laughs> pandemic. Anything yeah. else going on? You know, just some minor inconveniences. Uh, the year 1982. We're going way back to 1982. Steve Ashton will choose something from British cinema from that mm. year. I will pick a, an excellent film that many people have enjoyed, uh, but perhaps you haven't seen yet. And Eddie is back true to form with not only perhaps the worst film of 1982, but maybe one of the worst <laughs> films of all time. Uh, it's a fun watch. I enjoy it. Boy, that sure uh, cures oh, a lot of ales with you, doesn't it? Yes, it does. You're like, that's just Pure your go-to. When you pick some piece of shit, you're like, what? It's fun. It's fun to watch. I enjoy watching horror films. You know, films. maybe it's my bad. Maybe I haven't explained the premise of the segment to you. Okay. We find a, a lost right? gem, a treasure uh, that maybe the Garmy hasn't had a chance to see it, and we try to expose them to something good. So we pick films that yeah. we like that... That mm. they will enjoy. Why does it have to be a great film? It doesn't even have to be a great Why film. Why can't it be a film I'll that... let you raise just to good. 
<laughs> just try picking a good film. There was t- I could have picked the toy. I could have picked a ton of films in 1982 that are good right. to great films. But instead, you chose this one. Because I don't think people know about this film. Well, and if they don't, they're if lucky, they- lucky, lucky people if they don't. We'll talk about that later on in the show. What else? Oh, just so much good stuff. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Because we love you, and it's the end times, and we want you to have something to listen to. As the world burns and we all circle the dream. Yes. That's why. I think you're going to like today's show. Not guarantee. I'm going to guarantee it. I'll go out on a limb. Uh, I didn't even introduce us, by the way. That's how much show we have. The introductions, the beginning part of the show got pushed deep into the show. I am Ralph Garman. Some would say I'm your old podcast pal. And sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host himself. Please welcome Mr. Eddie Pants. Hey, everybody. Yo-ho, Eddie. Yo-ho, indeed. Mm. Well, <laughs> I'm looking. It's just... It's weird. It's weird it's looking outside. weird. I don't like it, and I'm off, and I uh, I can't breathe. My allergies are kicking up. My head's all full of cotton. I don't it's know hard to breathe out, and it's gonna, the air quality's going to get worse, yeah. too, is what they're saying. So well, stay inside if you good. can. I'm glad I'm uh, working again on that movie this weekend <laughs> where I'll be outside uh, huffing ash. <laughs> Well, I, maybe the bright side with all the uh, the stuff in the air, it's sort of blocking the sun from coming down, so it may get cooler. Yeah, I suppose, but it's not the temperature I'm worried about now. It's being able to breathe. <laughs> I don't like chunky. What do you, why chunky do, why air. does everything have to be perfect for you? I don't like chunky air usually, <laughs> and I don't. I feel bad for Josh, the director. How's he going to film with these conditions in terms of what the sun and the light yeah. looks like, and then match that at some point? Throughout the He's film. He's going to have to do some uh, post work to get this all the even. The film's going to have to look like uh, Blade Runner in order <laughs> to. you got to throw a, a, some sort of filter over the whole film now. The film's going to have to be in sepia. <laughs> all right. Enough of my complaining. Post-apocalyptic detective. What am I complaining about? I'm uh, happy to be with you guys, our beloved members of the Garmy. And so to pay tribute to you, we're going to go right to you at the top of this show. We love it when you reach out to us. So many Ways you can do that. Write us an email. Uh, reach out to us on social media. Or many of you folks like to use the Ralph Report hotline. If you're not familiar with that particular thing, it's a uh, voicemail message system where you can call me up and leave your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments about anything. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All you got to do is dial the number one eight three three. Ralph. My favorite one. Thanks. I think you've ever done. Uh, I always like to mention from time to time, not always like to mention from time to time, that would be impossible. Yeah. From time to time, I like to yes, mention that would make more sense. Folks who live abroad who aren't mm-hmm. part of the uh, United States or Canada, I believe it works. That phone number, 1 833 Ralph, probably won't work when you dial it from your home. But if you go on Skype and you use that keypad, you can just punch that in and it'll uh, connect you right Voila. up. So there you go. Lots of great calls today. I listen to them all. I grab a handful and we put them here at the top of the show in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now and see what's on your mind. Jesse called in. He's very excited about another segment today. The show's so packed, I didn't even have a chance to mention this one yet. Hey, Ralph. Jesse from San Diego here. One star. 
I'm really excited that you're bringing Buzz back from Yahoo Sports. I always look forward to uh, listen to his take on whatever's going on in the sporting world. And uh, I hope throughout the rest of the year you can get more of him on there. I don't know what his schedule looks like, but, again, always one of my favorite parts of the Ralph Report. LMB, bye. Thank you, Jesse. Buzz is back. Yay. Later on in the show, we'll be talking to Jay Busby, my pal Buzz from Yahoo Sports, talking about the upcoming games in the NFL yeah, this weekend. Love Busby. Very exciting. Buzz is a very smart dude, and he's one of the just best guys I know, but he's also very uh, plugged in when it comes to sports. So we'll be talking about the state of football in general in this uh, COVID-19 world we're living in, but also some of the individual games. He doesn't think the world of the football team, I'll tell you that much. Well, he's missing the bus. Yeah, He's missing the bus in the football team. We'll see. We've also been featured from time to time, folks calling in with what we're referring to as one-hit blunders, cover songs that were ill-advised, completely unnecessary, Mm -hmm. no need for this particular band to cover that particular song. Bojack called in with an excellent one. Hey, Ralph, Yoho, Edwin, Bojack from BC calling for one-hit blunders covers that should not have been the vandals to the cover of the beach boys kokomo and if that isn't the worst piece of garbage song i have heard in a long time i don't know what is check it out you'll regret it love you <laughs> mean it bye well we're all about regret here on the ralph report yeah the the punk band the vandals covered kokomo by the beach boys and Ooh. i'm sure somebody in that room thought, wouldn't that be just so funny and cool and hip and ironic if we took a Beach Boys song and covered it? No. No, because no. no, this is what no. happens. Here's a little taste. Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, I want to take you. Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. Key Largo, Montego, baby, why don't we go? Jamaica, off the Florida Keys. There's a place called Kokomo That's where you wanna go To get away from it all Bodies in the sand Top of those melting in your hand We'll be falling in love To the rhythm of a steel drum band Down in Kokomo Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, I wanna take it to Bermuda Bahama, Kama, pretty mama Hilargo, Montego, baby, why don't we go Down to Kokomo Thinking. Yeah, he probably thought they were being funny. I, that's cool to play around in the garage when you're just like Sounds goofing awful. off, but not to lay it down in a studio. I thought that was a John Cooperman jingle when I first. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding, Coop. We love you. You're you're much better. So than upset that. now with you. No, he's not. Uh, yesterday, we found out that Eddie inadvertently outed himself as a racist while yes, he was texting on his phone. I did. We made the unfortunate discovery that the B and the N. <laughs> are right next to each other. And when you're typing bigger to someone, sometimes another word comes out that you did not intend. Yes. Well, Eddie, you may have introduced a brand new segment to the show. Oh, good. Called Text Fails, because (laughs) folks folks feel your pain. That's all I'm saying. Here's Gemma from the UK. Hey, guys. It's Gemma from the UK. I I just had to stop the show at the very beginning of the show because we heard... uh, 
Eddie's little indiscretion with the B and the N. Um, I it also, as much as I was laughing about it, it also brought back horrible memories of the time when I accidentally sent to a customer. Um, I meant to write kind regards, and the T and the G are very close together as well. <laughs> so I, in fact, actually sent them kind retards instead. <laughs> um, so, yes. So, Eddie, you're not alone. Don't yeah. worry. I know that cold feeling, and uh, luckily the customer found the really funny side of it and realized that, obviously, I'd be an hour say. But, oh, Eddie, don't worry. You're not alone, bud. Bye. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Yeah. Kind retards (laughs) is very different than kind regards. Yes. Which is what she was trying to get across. I'd still rather have that than what I did. Yeah. It wasn't good. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. You still got the belt. Yeah. I have the title. You're still the intercontinental champion (laughs) of screwed up texts. However, Daniel also wants to take a shot at the title. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Eddie. Daniel from Kentucky, four-star general. Uh, I just listened to Eddie's story about uh, his misadventures in texting, where the B and the N are right next to each other. And Eddie, I feel your pain. (laughs) About two weeks ago, um, I was sending um, my boss, um, who's a woman, a text, and I was using Siri's voice recognition to do it. Well, the second I press the um, microphone button, my dog, whose name is Butch, started barking oh, no. loudly right next to me. Oh, no. So I turned and I yelled, shut up, Butch. Oh, God. I turned back to my phone and saw that Siri had interpreted it as shut up, bitch. <laughs> you want to talk about cold sweats? Ooh. I froze for like... 10 seconds scared out of my mind that any button I touched on that phone would instantly shoot (laughs) shut up bitch to my boss (laughs) and I would be fired immediately. So I carefully deleted it and then breathe a sigh of relief. So Eddie, I definitely feel your pain in this, my friend. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Oh, how I wish Daniel had hit send accidentally. <laughs> Just to see what would happen. But I can imagine he's afraid to even touch the phone. Oh, you throw the phone in the water right yeah, away. You I flush would, it, Get right? a new phone. Throw it in the toilet. You we'll just have it. to get a new one because I, I can't take any chances <laughs> that I might accidentally hit send on that. If you've got your text fails, feel free to uh, send them along as well. I, I'm liking this new segment a whole bunch. <laughs> Uh, we did not get to cover the news. I didn't even know about this until this gentleman called in about the death of Ronald Bell, one of the co-founders of one of my favorite funk and R&B bands, Cool and the Gang. But uh, in honor of Ronald's passing, I think this is a great opportunity to talk about a happy hit for today. Ralph was hearing about the passing of Bell today. Made me think about uh, Happy Hit and my favorite Cool and the Gang song. Get down on it. LMB. It's a great choice for that peppy song that'll get us all going on this Friday. Cool and the Gang co-founder Ronald Bell did pass away at the age of 68 this week. It was He was kind of a remarkable dude, a self-taught musician, never learned how to read or anything, uh, read music that is. But he produced and arranged all of those complicated, intricate Cool and the Gang songs. He wrote most of their hits, Celebration, Cherish, Jungle Boogie, Summer Madness, Open Sesame, just the list goes on and on and on. Ladies Night, of course, which yeah. we play here from time to time. 
super talented guy, dead at the age of 68, which is a shame. So in honor and also as today's happy hit, here's a little cool in the gang with Get Down On It. Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Oh, what you gonna do? Do you wanna get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get out? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Standing on the wall Get your back up off the wall Tell me How you gonna do it if you really don't wanna dance By standing on the wall Get your back up off the wall I heard all the people saying Get down on it Come on and Get down on it If you really want it Get down on it You gotta feel it Get down on it Get down on it Come on and Right? Yeah, That's good. a great tune. Thanks so much to everybody who called in. Love all of your calls. Keep them coming. You, too, can be featured on this segment, by the way. Hey, you just got to call me. Alrighty, now it's time for us to take a look at those folks who passed away on this day, September 11th. Of course, that's a day that uh, that means a lot to us here in the mm -hmm. United States. Of course, uh, when we talk about people who passed away, uh, so many Americans lost their lives on this day back in 2001. Uh, many folks who listen to this show also used to listen to me back in my radio days on a station called K-Rock when I worked with guys named Kevin and Bean. And many of them remember where they were that morning when they learned the news because they heard it from me. Yes. And I I wanted to play that audio, some of that audio of uh, what was going on that morning. But I didn't want to put it here on the show because it's obviously, um, it's it's kind of a bring down. And we're we're going through enough right now. I don't think we need to revisit old pain when we're dealing with so much new pain. Yeah. But I did want to pay tribute to that day and to those people. So what I'm going to do is release that audio today separately on Patreon. I'm going to send it out to everybody. And if you're so inclined and you want to hear uh, my coverage that morning, uh, you can certainly listen to it. Yep. And uh, we'll just keep it separate from this show so we don't have to dwell too much on it. But um, please don't think I'm trying uh, to ignore or, or diminish in any way the people who passed away on that day we certainly right. remember them and thinking of them but i didn't want them to make a big no, i think uh, that's the right thing to do a big uh, stop down of the show and have to focus on yeah. that because as i said we're going through uh some uh, some hard times right now yeah, i would agree and uh but it'll be there if you want to take a listen i will send that out to you today as well just wanted folks to know that we're not forgetting about those who lost their lives on september 11th uh in the twin towers and also on those planes but uh, we're going to take a look at some other folks in a segment called Hello, Death. 
you electrocute yourself or run into a shell? Hello, death. Did you eat poison mold or just get old? Hello, death. Did you fall from the sky? Ralph Garman will know why, even though you said goodbye. Hello, death. Hello, death. Hello, On September 11th, back in 1599, Beatrice Senci, Italian noblewoman, was executed for killing her father at the Ooh. age of 22. Damn. This story is legendary in Italy, especially around Rome, because she was a, from a royal fa- noble family, and her, her father was a vicious, awful, abusive man, Count Francesco Senci. And he um, he w- he was abusive to his children. He sexually molested her oh. at a young age, and the family got together. And uh, first of all, he w- they were aware of what he was doing. He went to prison for unrelated charges, but they let him out because he was a nobleman. And so he started behaving the same way all over again. And so the family finally got together and took this guy out. They plotted just to kill him. Right? Yes. But then the family was convicted of murder and executed. Oh, wow. Even though in in every sense, it was pretty much justifiable, if right. not self-defense. So she was, uh, she was assass- not assassinated, but executed at the age of 22. And here's the thing. Her story has become such a symbol to the people of Rome of resistance against the arrogant aristocracy at the time mm-hmm. that there's a ghost story connected to her. Ooh, what is that? It? Every night before the anniversary of her death, she comes back to the bridge where she was executed carrying her severed head. Oh, wow. Right? I want to go there now. I know you do, <laughs> even though ghosts aren't a thing, but it's a great story. It's a cool and story. She was uh, beheaded, and so she walks around carrying her on head. On a bridge? They couldn't um, find someplace else to It was do? a very public uh, place, a oh, public gathering. Right. They did it on the bridge. Okay. Like, hey, where we get everybody go watch it with me take <laughs> out her head off? Let's go to the bridge. Yeah, it's a good view. Good view from there. Everybody watch. <laughs> I'm a got an axe. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, maybe last night, if you're if you're one of our Italian listeners... Let us know if uh, Beatrice was walking around the bridge with Take her Take a head. picture. Take yeah. a picture. Yeah, even though they don't exist. Come on, man. 1680, Emperor Go Muzunu, mm. the emperor of Japan, died on this day back in 1680. He was the 108th emperor of Japan, by the way. Wow. This is 1680. By 1680, they already had 108 emperors. That's nuts. That's that's an old uh, civilization. And they don't just like serve a four-year term and leave. No, I think you're emperor for life. Yeah, right? you hang around for a while. That's crazy. Damn. 1721, Rudolf Jacob Camara 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 Camararus. You got it. Yeah, I'm sure that's right. <laughs> Camara- I think it's Camararus. Camararus. Yeah. Rudolf Jacob Camararus died. He was a German botanist, Eddie Pence. Oh. And what he do? Oh, oh, nothing. Just identified the fe- the male and female sex organs of plants. <laughs> That's what he did. Wait, there's male and female plants? Um, s- yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't know. 
how do you think they pro, pro they pollinate right yeah well the pollen is the the who puts the, off the pollen the sperm is the okay, sperm so is the sperm of the plant so the bee lands on the on the on the on male the male line jacks yeah. it off he doesn't picks no. up the semen he gets them on his legs because he's walking around because well, it's messy and then he goes he to off. the female plant and he's sitting there drinking her nectar and he drops a little of that seed off, and then that's how you get uh, that's okay. how you get pollinization. Okay. But the stamen and the and the pistil is the pistil the wiener. I don't know. I always forget. I learned about it in school, the but stamen. I forget which is which. Pistol sounds like it should. Pistol be, sounds like the wiener. But I, something's bag, bugging me in the back of the head saying, saying the pistol's not that's the wiener. That's how they got you on that test, Ralph. That you thought that, but it was the other way around. Mm, okay. I think the stamen may be the male sex organ of a plant, and the pistil may be the ladies. Okay. But now you know what we got to do because you asked. Oh, shit. We got to put the show on hold and Mother do a little fuck. research. We'll be right back. Please hold. Please remain on the line. A representative will assist you shortly. And we're back. Yeah, see? I did get burned huh. when I was That's young. That's bullshit. That, that trauma they stayed sh- with me. They shouldn't do that. Stamen is the male and the pistol is the female. Who named it? That dude? This dude. Jacob, well, Rudolph Jacob Camareras. He needs... The, he's dumb. Yeah. You don't name the, the male part the stamen and the female part yeah, the pistol. He fucked us. Yeah, big time. Yeah. A lot of kids studying basic botany in school got yeah. screwed over because we, we learn we learn inherently by association right it'd been so so much easier if the pistol was the, the penis was the penis of the plant it makes sense and, phallic and alliteration pistol plant penis egg, i, I would have remembered perfect. that for sure it's it's phallic it shoots stuff oh man that's what a penis does fuck you rudolph dumbass 1915 william cornelius van horn passed away He's not that big deal. He was a railway executive with the Canadian Pacific Railway. I just love that name so much. I Cornelius? William Cornelius Van Horn. Has anyone sounded richer ever than this guy? <laughs> Presenting William Cornelius Van Horn. It's fitting. That, that guy's got a butler. Yeah, it's fitting he has a railroad. Yeah, exactly. 1931, Salvatore Manoranzo. Mara Maranan Maran Maranzo Maranzio Maranz Maranzano you got ah it. that's I got it you got it Salvatore Maranzano okay Sicilian born American gangster was died on this day in 1931 he was one of the original criminals from Sicily who started the uh, Cosa Nostra in in New York oh, what, really? what eventually would become the Bonanno uh, crime family wow Salvatore Maranzano I'm going to tell you what to do. You guys, you get together. You go to the places where they have business. You say, hey, you give me some money. Be ashamed. Something happened to your cheese shop. And that's how it all started. That's from a cheese shop. Yeah, it all started from a cheese shop. <laughs> 1956, Billy Bishop, Canadian first World War flying ace, passed away at the age of 62. Hmm. Good old Billy Bishop. You ever heard the ballad of Billy Bishop? No. I don't even know if that's a thing. But oh, it should, it should be. be. Right? Sounds, I thought it was. Sounds you great. You convinced me. Just by saying it. 19, we should play a game on the show called The Liars Club, where I <laughs> I come up with two things, I tell you two stories, and then you have to ascertain which, which one one's is bullshit. Show, which one's bullshit and which one's an actual fact. All right, we'll do so that. So if I say... Yeah, <laughs> Are you having a stroke? I can't help you. I don't know what to do. I'll panic. <laughs> total gas leak show? <laughs> no, it's not gas. It's fire. Yeah, that's what it is. I can't breathe and my head's all stuffed up from my allergies. <laughs> <laughs> I literally broke down. 
I would say like on this day, Billy Bishop, Canadian First World War flying ace, died. And in Canada on this day, they celebrate by singing the Ballad of Billy Bishop, <laughs> one of the most popular national songs in Canada. And I have to say bullshit. And then you have to say whether that's actually true or not. I like that game. All right. Bullshit. Anytime I can guess. Yeah. Maybe we'll do three. <laughs> so you have to pick the lie out of the, the truth. The true ones? Yes. Okay. Uh, 1966 on this day, Colette E. Woolman, American airline founder, died at 76. He started Delta. Delta Airways okay. was his. I'm they used not, to have a bad rap, and then they got better. Yeah, I think they're trying. 1971, Nikita Khrushchev, famous Soviet premier, passed away of a heart attack at 77. 1972, Max Fleischer, legendary animator, gave us Betty Boop and Popeye the Sailor Man and those great Superman cartoons. We just talked about one of his collaborators yesterday. We did. Yeah. He died at 89. Janet Parker died on this day in 1978. She was an English medical photographer. She was the last person to die of smallpox. Oh, she was just 40 years old. Well, it'll come back. Don't worry. Yeah, because, you know, vaccines are uh, the government trying to control you. So right. We'll, we'll get it back. Don't worry. 1985, Andrew C. Thornton II passed away. This guy, this, here you go, Hollywood, just giving you another million dollar movie idea. Hope you're happy. He was uh, a son of privilege. His parents were rich. He went to the finest schools, mm -hmm. enlisted in the army, became a paratrooper. Came back, became a uh, police officer in Lexington, Kentucky, then became a lawyer. And they found out the whole time he was the head of a drug smuggling ring called the company. Whoa. And when they finally closed in on him, being a paratrooper, he escaped in a small plane and they were following the plane. So he jumped from the plane. The chute didn't open. He died oh. in the woods, hanging from a tree. And cocaine and money was everywhere. And they found this bear who had died because it overdosed on the <laughs> cocaine that he left behind. This whole story is my head exploded when I read this guy's life. How is this not a movie? Wow. Can you imagine that bear on cocaine until oh, it died? Oh, man. You did not want to be around that bear. <laughs> he was talking to everybody really fast and like wiping his nose and saying Fortuny. <laughs> All right. On this day in 1987, Lauren Green, uh, Lauren Green, famous Canadian actor. Not only was he the head of the Cartwright family on Bonanza, but he was also Commander Adama of the original Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Died at the age of 72. Let's not forget either his smash hit song that we've covered oh, before right. <laughs> on actors who had hits inexplicably. His was called Ringo. He lay face down on the desert sand, clutching a six-gun in his hand. Shot from behind, I thought he was dead, for under his heart was an ounce of lead. But a spark still burned, so I used my knife, and late that night, I saved the life of Ringo. 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 That was a hit. That was a big hit. Man. Wow. 1994, Jessica Tandy passed away. Remember her in Driving Miss Daisy? So many films. At the age of 85. Uh, year 2000, Ron Teitelbaum died. He was the founder of Johnny Rockets. Oh. The 1950s diner-style restaurant franchise. Yeah. Dan Snyder eventually bent, bought Johnny Rockets. I don't know if he still owns Did them. Did he really? Yeah, he owned them for a while. You know me. I like a good burger. They're not They're not well, bad, those yeah, Johnny put, Rockets. Put money in Dan Snyder's pocket. Um, 2002, Kim Hunter passed away, American actress from Streetcar Named Desire. Her most famous role, however... Probably is the one where you can't even see her face. She played Zira 
the chimpanzee scientist in Planet of the oh, Apes, yeah. opposite Roddy McDowell yeah. as Cornelius. 79, when she passed on this day. John Ritter passed away on this mm. day in 2003. Sucks. That was such a loss. Such a talented, nice guy. Kevin McCarthy, very talented character actor from Invasion of the Body Snatchers and other films. 2010, he died on this day. Also, Harold Gould, another character actor from The Sting and Rhoda and The Golden Girls. He was 86. Bob Crew, American songwriter and producer, died at the age of 83 on this day in 2014, he was the man who created the phenomenon that was Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons. He was their producer and co-wrote many of their hits like Big Girls Don't Cry and Ragdoll and Walk Like a Man and Ronnie. I mean, it goes on Damn. and on and on. But he also co-hit the big song that broke them. This was their first hit. And without Bob Crew, it never would have happened. Here's a little Four Seasons. The Vandals do a cover of that song, oh. too, while they're at it. Um, at this point in the show, we find a food connected to someone who passed away, and we run it past Eddie Pence to see if it's something that he's willing to eat or stick up his ass or pull out of his ass. <coughs> Today is no different. Sylvester Graham died on this day in 1851. Died in Northampton, Massachusetts. He was a uh, Presbyterian minister. But more yeah. importantly, he was known for being a dietary reformer. Did not believe that we should eat meat of any kind, Eddie Pence. Really? Because it led to impure thoughts, basically. That's why? Yeah, sure. He also believed in temperance. He didn't like booze for the same reasons. Okay. He thought people should only eat vegetarian. He was a big believer in the vegetarian movement. Because that didn't give you impure thoughts? No, that keeps you holy and pure and keeps your hand off your penis <laughs> that, where it belongs. Oh, yeah. He also created his own whole grain wheat, flour, uh, bread, and cracker products. His name, again, was Sylvester Graham. And without him, we wouldn't have the graham cracker that we have today. Would Eddie Pence eat some graham crackers? There's only one way for us to find out. We pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If he eats it, we get a jackpot. That means he's eating crackers. However, <laughs> if we don't get a jackpot, that means he's eating crackers in bed. Leaving crumbs, pissing Tracy off. It's one way for us to find out. Let's pull that handle. One cracker, two crackers, three crackers. I mean, come on. Is there any more childish food than a graham cracker? There is no simpler snack, <laughs> truly. But it does give you impure thoughts. It's the one you give to babies when they're teething. So I figured... You can't have s'mores without graham crackers. Good point. And, but s'mores lead to, lead to sex. That's true. I've whacked off after eating s'mores. Oh, yeah, because you're all gooey and you got that, they got the white gooey center of the marshmallow <laughs> all over to your hand. I'm a s'more right now. Oh, I would wreck a <laughs> s'more. <laughs> I would destroy it. Look at that. Eddie Pence sending us off into the weekend with a, with a food that he there would you eat. Go. How joyous is that? Make s'mores right now, just outside. Just That's put true. a marshmallow up in the just air. Hold them up in the air. And everything will melt right onto your graham cracker. <laughs> That's called Hello, Death. Hello, Death. You're dead now, so shut up. 
Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Now it's time for us to take a look at the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Ah, speaking of hello death, this is sad news. Dame Diana Rigg mm-hmm. has passed away. Legendary actress with epic roles as recent as on Game of Thrones, but primarily known for being... Well, she was a very talented actress on stage and also on screen. But in the 60s, she was a full-blown sex symbol. She rose to prominence in the 1960s British TV series The Avengers Mm -hmm. as a character known as Emma Peel. And then she later went on to be a Bond girl in the 1969 Bond film On Her Majesty's Secret Service. A woman so impressive that James Bond married her. The only time James Bond ever got married in a a uh, death sentence for any female. You may not want to become Mrs. James Bond. It turns out not well. But uh, she was a terrifically sexy lady in the 60s and a dynamite actress and uh, by all accounts, a a lovely, lovely lady. So sad news. You know, her character on The Avengers, as I mentioned, was named Emma Peel. Yeah. Do you have any idea how they came up with that name? No. They were creating the show and they kept writing in shorthand they needed a female lead who had to be attractive for the male appeal in the audience oh and they God. kept shortening it to M appeal in all the in all the production right. notes and so eventually they M just appeal. they just called the character M appeal wow. that's where they came up with that wow for as little as 15 cents a day <laughs> that's the kind of information you yeah, get you know, from the smart Ralph interesting you're going to sound at parties when we can have them again you know people are going to be talking about M appeal <laughs> and they're talking about Dinah Rig passing and you'll say by the way did you know why they called her M appeal in the old Avengers TV show you're welcome that's all I'm saying. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, here's some good news. Oh, good. It is legal to show pictures of John Hamm's giant cock. Really? It's legal. You can do it. Okay. A judge said so. Okay. Not exactly. Do you have any? Not ex- I don't. I wish I did. I'd never stop looking at them. <laughs> uh, Huffington Post published a image of John Hamm strolling down the street with his massive hog. <laughs> hanging to one side in his pants. Do you remember that picture? Yes. It was all over the internet? Yes. <laughs> and so the guy who took that photo, the paparazzo who took that photo, sued them saying, you used that without paying me, without permission. And this court went, uh, this case went all the way through the courts and the judge yesterday decided that because it was a news story and Huffington Post was commenting on the furor that the picture had Right. Not, not Fuhrer like Hitler, right. but Fuhrer like the, 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 new, the, the, buzz, mania, the news buzz. The mania it, yes. that was created by that photo yes. on the internet. That was the story they were focusing on. So because they were doing a story on the story, it, it was permissible for them to, in, in fair usage, to, to publish that mm. photograph. And so they ruled on the side of the Okay, photo. so as long as we can think of a news story, then we can show his dick. Exactly. If we can think of a really good think. news story involving John Hamm's cock. Then all bets are off. Then we can somehow... Show it to everybody. So I got to figure that out. Hey, speaking of cocks. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Norris is in the news. Oh, good. Not that he's a cock. No. Although, let's face it. I've heard. He is kind of a cock. But uh, it's about his boners. 
really? about Chuck Norris's boners. Are they good or bad? Well, we don't know. We just know that Chuck is unhappy that a company was advertising on the interwebs saying that he was promoting their new ED medication oh. called Provitra. <laughs> and apparently they were claiming that Chuck Norris was endorsing Provitra on the internet by running an ad um, saying, uh, Chuck kicks back with this. Regarding the drug, Big Pharma in outrage over Norris's new ED product. The story claimed that he introduced the erectile dysfunction cure on the Dr. Phil show and that it was a phenomenon. And it turns out Chuck Norris had never said didn't, any of that or did anything. Didn't this of happen a little while ago to some other celebrity? Yeah, someone else was being used to Where they just boner they pills. just put it on the internet because they figure no one's ever going to find it. And if they do, no one's going to call them on it. Yeah, you're right. I forget what celebrity that was. I forget the celebrity did it. But yeah, someone else, that happened to somebody else too. But uh, Chuck Norris is suing them, saying it's, it's ruining his reputation, especially what? his action star status and masculine reputation because it looks like he needs boner pills. Jesus. Chuck Norris doesn't need boner pills. No, he doesn't. Boner pills, boner pills take Chuck Norris <laughs> when they want to get an erection. <laughs> Beat you to it. Got me. Yeah, you got me. I got you. Damn it. Hey, Lindsay Lohan's in the news. Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. She's being sued by Harper Collins Publishing. Hmm. They say... They gave her nearly $400,000 in an advance for her book, and she never delivered the manuscript. Oh, really? The deal was struck over six years ago, and they're still waiting for her biography that was never turned in. Well, you know, they deserve it. So they're saying, hey, we would like to get our advance back. Ugh. And she's saying, well, no, it's, it's coming. I'm still working it's on it. coming. Six years later. She doesn't have page one written. She's trying something new. There's no way. Uh, the publishers say that if Lindsay did write the book, she would have written one more book than she read. <laughs> no, I'm not saying no, that. was my. <laughs> they didn't say that. One, but it's true. See, I wouldn't have known that. that was See, I could have put that in there. Harper <laughs> Collins said she's never read a book in her life. Jessica Chastain's making a movie. About the Tammy Wynette George Jones romance. You familiar with those two big country yes, stars? Yes, yes, yes. They had a very tempestuous relationship. This is supposed to be a feature film starring Jessica as Tammy Wynette and George Jones being played by Josh Brolin. Hmm. But although Brolin is still a producer on the project, apparently he has left the project because it's moving to the small screen. It's going to be on Spectrum of all things. Oh, really? And then to the Paramount Network. Originally, it was supposed to be a film for Fox, but they're uh, taking it to the small screen. So no word yet on who's going to play George Jones. But hmm. I think that would be an interesting story. Yeah. We're getting a ton of these biopics now because Rocketman did so well and Bohemian oh, yeah. Rhapsody. And so almost every musician now will get a life story. Not all of them deserve it. No. Someone just released a Helen Reddy biopic. Really? The woman who sang I Am Woman. Hear, yeah. I Am Woman. Hear yeah. me roar. Not much of a life. To talk about there, I mean, other than the fact that that, that was a very uh, powerful women's anthem right. during the women's liberation movement in the 70s. But beyond that, yeah, not there, that much There going can be on. great artists that don't have a wonderful tale to tell. Not everybody's life is a, tormented or yeah, tragic. Or, makes for great drama. Yeah. So, we'll see. Saturday Night Live has announced they are returning to 30 Rock Studio for the season 46 premiere of their show. Hmm. You know, for a while they were doing those remotely produced yeah. shows that were taped. But they're going to do it live again. When it returns for its 46th season on October 3rd, no host has been set, no musical guest has been set, 
and no word on whether they will have an audience or not. Uh, I mean, everything's kind of going, I don't like the late night shows going back, like Kimmel's going back to his studio, I think. Yeah, but like that. this, how can you do a sketch show without an audience? I don't know. Reaction? I don't know. Pump it in like the football games. I suppose you could fake it. Put in yeah. fake laughter like a sitcom. I, I mean, don't know. And do a laugh track? What's the point? Why do a live sketch show with a laugh track? They shouldn't do it live. They should just, just record produce it. it. Just produce it. Just right? produce it. I think the strongest bits on that show anyway are the yeah. film pieces and the things they produce. If so. they're all working together and can do the production, they might as well just produce them and don't do it live. Yeah, just do that. You know, Scream is being relaunched. We talked about that before. They're yes. bringing the Scream franchise back. Looks like a lot of the original cast members are returning. David Arquette already said he's going to be on board. Mm -hmm. Well, of course he is. What else has he got going it's Wrestling. On? That's about no, all he's doing. Courtney Cox will be returning as well. And just announced, Nev Campbell will be oh. returning in her original role as uh, Sydney Prescott. Mm. So I'm guessing this has got to be a sequel. She said she's returning to that role, so I'm assuming maybe it's I wonder if, the Scream Killer has returned after all these. I wonder years. if they drew Barrymore her like in the first Scream. They just get her out in the first in the beginning, the first be, right in the beginning. That'd be pretty clever. Just take her out because like it's a big deal that Sydney comes back. And yeah, she's the one who survived, and now she's she's, she's, she's the first one gone, first victim of the new Scream Killer. Yeah. You should write some scripts, man. <laughs> you should write a script. pretty strong. <laughs> Speaking of scripts, you know how I felt when they announced the Tiger King scripted series with Kate McKinnon as yeah, Carol Baskin. You were all about it. I was not on board. <laughs> I said, I'll pass. I said, I don't want to see anything more about Tiger King right. or any fictionalized version of the story. I am over it. I am done with Tiger King. Mm -hmm. Life sometimes makes you a liar. Makes a liar. You're pulling out it you. all back. You're pulling it all it. back now because they just announced a new scripted Lion King series called Joe Exotic: A Dark Journey into the World of a Man Gone Wild, God. starring Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic. Now I'm on board. He's actually more crazy than Tiger King himself, right? So but put the two together. Yeah, that your chocolate. You got chocolate in my peanut butter. <laughs> no, I have peanut butter on my chocolate. It's crazy meets crazy. And you know, they're going to say, just go as nuts as you want, Nick. Yeah. And him acting nuts is always he's entertaining. He's probably me. the only person cast in that role that would make me want to watch that See? show. See, they got you too. Just because he'll chew up so much scenery. Right. As that character. We're on board. Let's see whose birthday it is today. September 11th, Ariana Richards and the little girl from Jurassic Park. How old is she? 41. Jesus Christ. What's happening? I don't know. Drummer Mickey Hart of the Grateful Dead is 77 years old today. Driving that train, how cocaine. Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. Trouble ahead, trouble behind. And you know that notion just crossed my mind. Drummer Mickey Hart. I just said his name. I just yeah. said it and played the Grateful Dead. Yeah. What is fucking... <laughs> is the smoke coming into the wrong house? Wrong with me today. <laughs> Movie director Brian De Palma is 80 years old today. I like De Palma sometimes. He runs hot and cold for me. Sometimes he makes The Untouchables. Yes. And then sometimes he makes... Um, uh, what was it? Uh, the one with John Travolta was the sound guy. Blowout. I guess I like Blowout, blowout? too. I like I Blowout. I think I saw Blowout. You never saw that one? I don't think I saw Blowout. Pretty, pretty cool movie, actually. All right, I take it back. Take I it like back. Brian De Palma. Guitarist Jeremy Popoff of Lit is 49 years old today. Please tell me why the car's in the front yard. Hey, 
Amy Madigan is 70 today. Guitarist Tommy Shaw, most famously of Styx, but he was also part of Damn Yankees, that super group with Ted Nugent. Mm. Yeah. Mm. He's 67 years old today. Tommy Shaw also had a short-lived solo career that actually produced a top 10 hit. Yeah. And when I saw it was his birthday, I was like, oh my God, I forgot I liked that song of his. I'm going to play it, and you see if you remember okay. this song by Tommy Shaw. It's called Girls With Guns. I'll tell you now. ring a bell at all no, i like that song but it does not ring a bell i think it was from the mid 1980s it's not yeah. it's uh i don't think you were too young to have heard no, it I, yeah probably not but it was just a blip on the uh pop huh. culture radar but i just remembered i'd like that song when i saw it was his birthday uh actor director roxanne dawson from star trek voyager is 62 today keyboardist mick talbot of the Style Council and Dexie's Midnight Runners is 62. Style Council, such an underrated band out of the UK. I am gonna try to make them sweat. I'll spin your nails down in the dirt. She means can't change. Yes, wow! Never told me that. This crack is 64. This Virginia Madsen from Sideways and American Dreams, 59 years old. Moby is 55. This is my favorite Moby song. Ramsey from Mad About You and A League of Their Own is 60 today. Singer Harry Connick Jr. is 53. It had to be you. It had to be you. I wandered around and finally found the somebody who could make me be true, could make me be blue. Or even be glad just to be sad thinking of you. Taraji P. Henson from Empire is 50. Guitarist John Buckland of Coldplay turns 43 today. Nobody said it was Yeah, this is a very downer of a song. Elizabeth Henstridge from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is 33. Did you ever watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I'm working on it right now. It's so on Netflix. good. Yeah. Really? You're just working on it? Yeah. That's I a never, pretty dense show. I know. It's, it takes a lot of twists and turns. I know. I'm excited to get into it. I've got into a couple of the first few episodes. She's great, though. The whole cast is great. Uh, rapper Ludacris is 43 years old today. Oh, you just came home from doing a beer. Tell me what you gonna do. Act a fool. So 
in and cleaned out your crib. Boy, what you going to do? Act a fool. I defy you to find another podcast that's playing Coldplay and Ludacris <laughs> back, back to back. back. <laughs> this show wins. It's a crazy mixtape this show is. Uh, Tyler Hecklin from Teen Wolf, and now he's Superman on the new uh, Superman and Lois show that's mm. going to be on the CW. He is 33 years old today. And drummer John Moss of Culture Club celebrates his 63rd birthday. Come, 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 That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And now it's time for us to check in across the ocean with our pal Steve Ashton. He's our UK update. No, he isn't. He's our UK correspondent. I give you the UK update. need medication. <laughs> He's our UK correspondent. He's going to give us the UK update, all the entertainment news out of that side of the pond. It's time for Mr. Steve Ashton. Oh, Steve. Oh, Ralph, you're the man who makes the Philly Flyers look like a radio flyer. Oh, you had to bring one, that up, did you? With one of the wheels that's fallen off the handle, bro, rusting in a dirty pond. You bastard. No, I'm saying, I'm not sure what I'm saying, really, but commiserations. <laughs> hey, anyway, Liverpool are playing on Saturday, so you've got that to look forward Go to. Go, you Reds. Hey, Sorellen's in the news. What's up with Reggie? Elton John said he's concerned for the future of the Troubadour, the music venue, of course, where he made his breakthrough 50 years ago, two, two weeks ago, or two weeks ago, it was 50, <laughs> 50 years, 50 years and two weeks ago. Got it. Anyway, it was on August the 25th in 1970. He played the uh, Los Angeles landmark venue in front of an audience that included members of the Eagles, the Beach Boys, Crosby, Stills and Nash, as well as the entire LA Rams defensive unit. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not them. I don't think it's their kind of thing, really, would it? No. Anyway, in an interview with BBC Radio 6 Music, he was asked about the future of the Troubadour, and he says, I've heard that it might be closing, but I think it's going to be okay, he said. Uh, we have to preserve venues like this. And by we have to preserve, he obviously means us. <laughs> right, write a check. Yeah, he could afford to buy it like fucking 10 times over, but he prefers to spend his money on flowers and electricity, <laughs> apparently. Um, now, he added that uh, he's made a few phone calls and got, and he had a few irons in the fire. Sounds like he's planning an insurance job, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. It's got a few irons in the fire. Um, he said it's a great launch pad. It's a great room. Uh, it has atmosphere. It has everything going for it. If you can't play well at the Troubadour, you can't play well anywhere. Well, maybe... Sheeran should get himself booked there because we all know he can't play anywhere, can he? <sighs> have you been there, Ralph, the old Troubadour? I have. It's an iconic location here in L.A. I bet you've done rails off the fucking bathroom floor and <laughs> banged hookers in there knowing you. <laughs> anyway, uh, he insisted it was absolutely vital that venues like the Troubadour survive the pandemic. Uh, the small venues are the life and soul of music, he said, and they have to be kept afloat one way or another. I just hope they don't fuck off. <laughs> Crowbar <laughs> uh, did at the end. Hey, the Sussexes are in the news. Oh, what's up with the former royals? Mahega Mahakal and Prince Harry are reportedly worth, get this, Ralph, $1 million per booking as virtual speakers. Uh, 
Nice work if you can get it. Now, while a leaked document outlines the strict control that they're demanding over such virtual engagements. Now, before even sending them an invitation, event organizers must specify exactly what the fee is going to be, as well as full sponsorship details, because obviously Harry uh, doesn't, doesn't want his name associated with anything racist, for example, <laughs> which is a massive U-turn from his younger days. Uh, and also from his grandfather, who is an active advocate for racism. Anyway, um, they also reportedly want the final word on who introduces and moderates them during their uh, speeches. Now, you've done panels with real people who play fictional characters, haven't you, Ralph? I have indeed. Just like the Sussexes. Plus, you, you work with Edwin Pence every day, so you're used to dealing with the mentally challenged. Uh, you, might be able to, you might be able to pick up some work. Um <laughs> Now, the Sussexes, I don't mean it. It's, this beef's all bullshit. Um, the Sussexes were reported to have signed up to New York-based Speakers Bureau, HWA, uh, following in the footsteps of the Obamas, the Clintons, and Oprah Winfrey. Now, it comes after they signed a reported $150 million deal to produce projects for Netflix. Wow. My God, $150 million. A few ideas have been banded about, apparently. Uh, they've been floating around with what projects there may be. Some documentaries, apparently, that follow Harry's hobbies. Uh, making an animal murderer. <laughs> we'll have to do a bit of thinking on this, some people. So, tiger shooting, I'll never be king. <laughs> and uh, nailed it, which follows Harry's sexual conquests. Oh, uh, man. Natalie and Brulia and some boys whilst at private school. Um, and uh, and for Megan, they want to do a show called The Family is Lava. Um, you know, because both sides of hers, both sides of hers would like to see her flailing around in molten rock. And anyway, I've got to go now, Ralph Corden, Dog Extrament, etc. Uh, no, but listen, it's it's on a serious note. It's National Hot Cross Bun Day today here in the UK. It's a very uh, important, big uh, day for me. Um, if you've got a moment for a quick story. Sure, yeah. All right. So listen, I was just seven years old, right? We, I, I, was, I was making buns with my grandmother. Um, we were using her secret recipe with, you know, a dash of cinnamon, a hint of clove. Uh, I mean, she was a difficult woman, Ralph, and I thought baking with her would kind of bring us together and bond us maybe a little. Um, but boy, was I wrong. So because she left me in the kitchen to put the crosses on the hot buns while she attended to whomever dared to ring her doorbell. Uh, so there I was, stood in the kitchen, you know, with hot buns, not for the first time, um, <laughs> uh, ready to ready uh, to be decorated, you know, the old buns with, with crosses. But do you know what I thought? I thought to myself, why limit it to crosses? Yes, they're a symbol of my grandmother's strong religious beliefs, but I had the idea that I could put faces on them because that would cheer her up. But most importantly, Ralph, it would cheer up the baby Jesus. <laughs> so instead of crosses, I put on huge smiles on each of the buns. Uh, but, oh, my God, she was not happy. She swore. She beat me with the sawn-off pool cue that she always carried around <laughs> in a holster for some reason. Um, and she sent me home with tears streaming down my face and throbbing welts on my buttocks. Hmm. But you know what, Ralph? I, th I thank her for it today. Why? Because I learned a very important lesson that day on National Hot Cross Bun Day. Never cross a hot bun with a smile. My gram was poison. That girl is poison. 
And Steve's going to join us in just a minute because now it is time for the Video Vault. We have every single film ever made in the history of cinema here in the Batcave. It's impressive. Behind this giant titanium collection. vault. And um, Eddie still manages to find the worst one out of almost was, every year that we It was we back paid. in there, but I dug it out. You sure did. Let's open up the vault and dust <laughs> off the year 1982. Again, the year's 1982, and my pick is a comedy which, if you haven't seen this film, and it's possible you haven't because it wasn't a big box office success, but it certainly has gained status over the years. If you've never seen my favorite year, you are missing out on a real gem. This movie stars the great Peter O'Toole, Mark Lynn Baker, who you may know best from Perfect Strangers, the sitcom, Jessica Harper's in this, Joseph Bologna. It is uh, the story of a young writer working at a live television show in the early days of television, the golden days of the 1950s, when there were shows like Sid Caesar's uh, live variety show. And in fact, this story is based on um, the, the writing staff of that show, which consisted of Mel Brooks and Neil Simon and Woody Allen. It was a crazy talented writing yeah. staff. And the premise is that a, a movie star named Alan Swan, who's in the mold of Errol Flynn, a swashbuckling Robin Hood uh, pirate type, he, he's going to be the guest star that week on the show. And this young writer is assigned with keeping tabs on him, keeping him sober, keeping him out of trouble and making sure he shows up <laughs> on time to do the uh, show. And as you can imagine, chaos ensues, but it's just so funny and also heartwarming and entertaining. Have you seen uh, this film, My Favorite I, Year? I don't know if I have. I it sounds familiar. If I don't, I saw I saw it a long time ago, like in the eighties. You should check it out. It is so good. Peter O'Toole nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actor for his role in this film. Again, he plays sort of a uh, Errol Flynn type movie star. And here's a little scene from the film. This is when they break the news to him just before they're about to go on the air with the live show that the show is live. He was unaware of that. <laughs> and it only goes downhill from there. Here is a scene from my favorite year. You mean it all goes into the camera lens and then just spills out into people's houses? Yeah. Why is it nobody had the goodness to explain this to me before? It's nothing to worry about, Mr. Swan. Our audiences are great. Audience? What audience? Audience. You knew there was an audience. What did you think those seats were for? I haven't performed in front of an audience for 28 years. Uh, audience? I played a butler. I had one life! I forgot it. Please. Don't worry. This is going to be easy. For you, maybe. Not for me. I'm not an actor. I'm a movie star. <laughs> so he panics and immediately starts drinking, and it just goes downhill from there. So uh, my favorite year, one of my favorite comedies. Check it out if you haven't seen it. It's definitely a feel-good movie, and uh, I think you will enjoy it. Now it's time for our uh, Steve Ashton to tell us a film from British cinema from the year 1982. Here's Steve with his choice. Now, 1982 was a good year for British cinema, both creatively and critically. We had the mental way out, fucked up Britannia Hospital, starring Malcolm McDowell, which is the final part of nutter director Lindsay Anderson's trilogy. <laughs> and then Pink Floyd, The Wall, starring Bob Geldof. Did you see that? I love that film. 
great movie. And of course, the Oscar steam train, Gandhi, that seemed to admit some of the more racist and misogynistic views that uh, the Mahatma had. Um, but this week, uh, I've gone for a period comedy starring Michael Palin and Dame Maggie Smith. It's called The Missionary. Now, the story follows Palin, who plays the uh, titular character, a missionary, called back from Africa to save ladies of the night in Victorian London. And let me tell you, Ralph, just like you would, he throws himself into his work <laughs> with dedication and vigour and some unorthodox methods. Let's face it, it's kind of obvious how the story rolls out. Now, the sets, the costumes, the dialogue, the story, the cast are all great, and Palin is perfectly cast in the role, similar to that uh, one that he plays in The Holy Grail, Sir Galahad the Pure. It's also got a fantastic stellar cast, including Maggie Smith, Trevor Howard, Denham Elliott, Michael Horden. Uh, you've also got David Suchet in there and um, Timothy Spall and Neil Innes. Such a f- incredible cast and just a great story. It, it's really good. I highly recommend it. Let's have a clip. Charles Fortescue, missionary, has been called back to London to the polite society he left behind. All I would ask is that you come dancing with me tonight. Deborah? To the woman he loved. Very, very clever girl. I just want to get married, that's all. And to the most perilous mission of his career. How are you with women? I think about this. I know you're good with Africans, but how are you with, 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 with women? Find out why they do what they do and stop them doing it. And lastly, we got Eddie Pence mm. with his choice from 1982. <laughs> I almost, I almost picked, like I said, I almost picked the toy. I almost picked toy would have been best little whorehouse in not Texas. Not great, but good. Again, that movie, not great. That's but a great good. film. All great films. Not great, but good. I Better than it. what you picked. What you find your final I wanted pick to go was. deeper. You went deep. You went about as deep as you can. I went Megaforce deep. <laughs> the film is called Megaforce. <laughs> If you've never seen Megaforce, so good. first of all, congratulations. <laughs> so good. It is a 1982 action film directed by former stuntman Hal Needham. Right, that's all you need to know. Usually known for working with Burt Reynolds because <laughs> Burt felt sorry for him and would give him directing credits on some of his films. <laughs> this, I don't even know quite how to tell you the story it's of this It's been unfairly film. judged. It's not. It's it's takes place in the eighties, right? But the, it's also a fi- a futuristic right, film. There's two there's two uh, fictional countries that are feuding with each other. Yeah, <laughs> and so uh, in order to fight the bad guys who are uh, from Gamibia, <laughs> the Republic of Sardoon so has to reach out to get the so Megaforce, good. right? Megaforce, which is a secret army of international soldiers that have the most advanced weapons and vehicles in the world. And by advanced weapons and vehicles, I mean it's like a motorcycle. That flies, kind of. That's wrapped in the most cheesy sort of plastic that you can find to make it look somewhat futuristic. (laughs) God, I love this movie. And then at one point in the film, it does fly, (laughs) but I shit you not. Once you see the special effects used to make this thing appear to be flying, (sighs) you will never get the smell out of your eyes of Megaforce. <laughs> it's basically Barry Bostwick, who's the star of the movie, just flailing and going, whoa, like pretending he's Commander flying. Commander Ace Hunter. Yeah, his character's named 
Ace Hunter. Oh, what a name is the name. Take of that, the Luke Skywalker. It's not like it's not like they're even trying. Oh, it's so funny. They should have called him Commander Dick Weed. It should have been his name in this film. Look, this this movie inspired this movie had influenced a lot. It, it uh, inspired. Uh, uh, I think you're having a stroke now. <laughs> Trey Parker, Matt Stone, did it. A lot of uh, inspiration from uh, Team America uh-huh. went into uh, came from Megaforce. Well, uh, Ace Hunter has to uh, battle forces led by his former friend Duke Guerrera. Played by perennial villain Henry Silva, oh, who's, so good. who's the villain in almost everything in the 70s and 80s. It's god-awful. And here's the big, big moment where uh, Ace meets up with Duke, and he's going <laughs> to rub his face in it that he has uh, defeated him in battle. Here's a little clip, a quick clip, because that's all I could stomach, <laughs> from Megaforce. Hi, Duke. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. So good. That other, the soundtrack. Soundtrack something was done by one guy with a Casio. It's, it's awful. It's, it's so awful. So, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. It's so bad it's good. Megaforce is the name of the film that Eddie chose. It's enjoyable. So, so much fun to watch. Mm. 1982 in a nutshell we went from uh, my favorite year <laughs> to the missionary and then megaforce duke so. and ace duke duke <laughs> ace hunter and duke guerrera stop it <laughs> time to close up the vault and just don't keep, don't even I'm keeping, put, it. I'm keeping yeah, it don't put megaforce back I'm in the vault it. i don't want it's it mine. i don't want it stinking up my vault Good guys always win, even in the 80s. What does that even mean? Before we say goodbye, boys and girls, we still have some time to check in with my buddy Jay Busby from Yahoo Sports. NFL action is back. Last night, of course, there was the kickoff of the season. This weekend, all the big games. And I think there's two Monday night games as yeah, well. They should do that the first weekend of the season. Yeah, yeah. double feature. Time to check in with Jay. He's such a great writer. You can check him out at uh, Yahoo Sports or here on the show in a segment called What's the Buzz? What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. The second best thing about the return of professional football is my chance to talk to my buddy Jay Busby every week. How you doing, Buzz? I'm doing what? What's the first? What's the first best thing? Oh, Carson Wentz taking the field, of course. All right. All right. I can I can take a backseat to Carson Wentz. Yes, I love it. Every year we've been talking football the last few years and uh, always look forward to it. Yeah. You know, I just it's the first because I don't know how long it's going to last, how he's going to be, <laughs> be able to get out there on his own power. So I have to appreciate it while the season starts. <laughs> what, because of uh, because of the pandemic or just because he's going to get broken in half? Just because he always seems to be limping off at some point in <laughs> my does. season. Oh, that poor bastard. NFL is back. How exciting is that? I've heard, though, it's really hard to get tickets. A lot of people can't seem to make their way into the stands this season, it, which is sad. It's strange. I mean, you know, you, you look at the stands and it seems like there'd be a whole lot of, of tickets, but uh, <laughs> they're, they're only saying about 10,000 fans in each game. I'm not sure why that is. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's going to impact the game not having the stands full of screaming lunatics? 
I absolutely do. I think it is because I mean, just think, you know, you can you can do this just from your own impressions when you build on on momentum from having cheering all around you. You know, there's a reason why guys will try to have the crowd drown out the opposing quarterback and and that kind of thing. They're going to be piping in sound, but they're limited to something like 70 decibels, which is just microscopic in NFL terms. So, yeah, I think it's going to have a huge impact on how the game works from a from a momentum and 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 a feel standpoint. Will this change whether home field advantage is a thing anymore? Uh, I think so. I mean, there have been a lot of studies that have been done on this, and the home field advantage generally has to do more with how the referees get treated than with how, you know, sleeping in your own bed or not traveling or anything like that. So, yeah, if the refs are out there throwing flags and they're not worried about getting 80,000 people raining down booze on them when they call pass interference on the home team, yeah, I think it'll definitely have an impact. And I think that the home, home field advantage will definitely be mitigated. Wow. This is going to be an interesting thing to watch for sure. Yeah. Let's take a look at a couple games, Buzz, and I want to get your take on uh, what you see coming up this weekend. First of all, because it's my show, we're going to start with the Philadelphia Eagles against the football team, as they are now known, <laughs> the Washington football team. That's uh, happening in Washington, if it matters. We've just discussed the fact that it probably doesn't. Um, what do you think about Philly this year, just just on paper? You know, I like Philadelphia. I think that they're neck and neck with Dallas uh, in terms of, of chances to win the win the division there. And, and and like we just mentioned, Carson Wentz, if he's if he's okay, you know, he should be fine. But they've got Jalen Hurts from Alabama and, and Oklahoma backing him up. There's a lot of questions about uh, their receiving core. You know, it doesn't matter how good your quarterback is if if you've got a, a, a bunch of old codgers that you're throwing to. But I mean, they're set up well to get to the playoffs. They've, they've got a lot of roadblocks to get past once they get there. But, I mean, they're, they are in good shape to, to win this, potentially win the division. Let me ask you a question. Do you think the lack of preseason action is going to make these first couple weeks particularly sloppy as we get into the season? Dude, it's going to be some of the ugliest football we have ever seen. I mean, the over-under on on uh, false start penalties is going to be – it's going to be probably something like 25. I mean, it's going to be sloppy football. It's not going to be precise football. You're going to have overthrows. You're going to have interceptions. It's it's really not going to be from, – from a pure football standpoint, it's not going to be a lot of fun to watch. But, uh, but it's football, you know, and, and we take what we can get. Right. Staying in the NFC East, you mentioned Dallas. They're going up against the Rams this weekend. What do you see there? Uh, it, Dallas is is another team that's got so many expectations on them right now. Dak Prescott's playing on a one-year deal. He's trying to play his way into one of these mega contracts. And so we're going to find out how good he, he he plays when he really is literally playing for his, his future contract. So Dallas is set up to win now. They, they are a potential Super Bowl contender. I've got them going to the Super Bowl and losing to the Ravens in my most recent predictions. But uh, the Rams are still kind of an X factor. They had that one brief little flare-up of, of, of uh, more than confidence they made it to the Super Bowl, but then they've kind of stumbled since then. So it ought to be a fun game to watch. It, it's going to be at the new SoFi Stadium there out near you, and, uh, and, and so it'll be strange to see it empty, but uh, seeing a new stadium is always pretty cool. What about the coaching situation in Dallas? 
Yeah, I mean, bringing in Mike McCarthy is going to be it's a it's it's a much less uh, conservative sort of uh, situation than they had with Jason Garrett there. He always seemed to go go for the most conservative route possible. And when you've got a team that's that's uh, owned by Jerry Jones, going conservative, and I'm talking not in terms of politics, but in terms of <laughs> gameplay, right. is uh, is is rarely the right way to go. So uh, it's it's going to be fun to see how he opens up this team, and 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 really they they could be. I know you hate hearing me say this, but it could be one of the most fun teams in the league this year. It's just going to be a matter of whether they capitalize on all the on all the talent that they have. Yeah, I'm sorry you're breaking up. I couldn't hear that last part there, Buzz. Sorry about oh, that. That was sorry. Uh, that apparently, once you start saying good things about Dallas, I'm sorry. Just the, the audio quality just goes right to hell. You bastard. I was here thinking, oh, my God, what did I do? Did I, did I screw this up? Oh, man. Yeah, anyway, okay, yeah, Dallas sucks and the Eagles rule. So there we go. That. Now you're clear. Now clear as a bell. Um, speaking of expectations, Tom Brady coming into Tampa Bay up against New Orleans this weekend. Everyone's going to be watching this game. This is going to be so much fun. Even though you got a couple of basically geriatric quarterbacks in Brady and Drew Brees, it's it's absolutely the one of these big matchups of the season that everyone's tuning into. And and I honestly don't know how this is going to go. I mean, these guys both could play really, really well. They're two of the, the best conditioned, best, uh, most talented quarterbacks in league history. But when quarterbacks go, they go in a hurry. And And I would not be surprised to see one or both of them just drop off the cliff this season. If nothing else, I guess we'll be able to answer the question a little bit, whether it was the system that Brady was in with Belichick or whether he's just simply, you know, got all that talent. The the Brady-Belichick divide, it's going to be a story every single week this week. You know, if the Patriots win and the Bucks lose, it'll be one way, vice versa, the other way. It's going to be a, a soap opera that we follow all year long. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, New England's playing against Miami this weekend. Which it's weird. Miami always seems to give them a, a a game, regardless of how well they're playing the rest of the season. This will be a test for uh, Belichick, right? Yeah, I mean, I I have gone on record saying this before. I'm not going to believe that the Patriots are not a threat until like 20 years after Belichick and Brady are both <laughs> retired. I mean, they're just they, there's just something about this guy. I wish I'm not going to get political here, but I wish we had put Bill Belichick in charge of coronavirus response because <laughs> we would have beaten that shit back down in in, in mid April, and that would have been it. But uh, yeah, with Cam Newton under center, he's going to be a lot of fun. He's a guy that I've always liked to watch play because he is almost as talented as he thinks he is and he thinks he's very talented so it's going to be fun out to see how he fits in a Belichick offense and I just want to give you fair uh fair time here what what do you think about your Atlanta Falcons this season going up against Seattle this weekend yeah it's going to be fun because the the Falcons have a whole ton they have something like 10 first rounders former first rounders on their team it's like a fantasy team you know between Todd Gurley Julio Jones Matt Ryan the question as always with Atlanta isn't the offense it's whether the defense uh, is able to handle it if the if the offense can outrun the miscues of the defense then this is going to be a pretty solid team but uh it's a big question mark well Buzz I got to say regardless of whether we're getting a, a watered down product or uh you know a, a situation that's going to be Unlike anything we've seen before, I'm just so happy to have football back. I know in the big picture it's not that important, but it just feels like a little bit of normalcy for me, you know? I wrote that exact article yesterday, that that idea that, yes, we have so many things on our minds right now, so many things that are just tearing us apart, but you know what? For three hours or six hours or nine hours or 12 hours, we can kick back in front of the, the game on Sunday and be able to forget about it for a little bit. Always a pleasure to speak with you, sir. You can always uh, read Jay's work there at Yahoo Sports. Thanks so much, buddy, and let's do it again next week. I look forward to it. 
We'll be talking to Buzz again next week about uh, more football stuff. Thanks so much for joining us, boys and girls. Really appreciate you being with us today. Stay safe out there, okay? It's nuts. It's crazy. I don't yeah. know what's happening to the world, but I don't like it. I look at my watch, and it says, you know, how it gives me the, the temperature, and it gives me the temperature and what the, the day looks like. It'll say sunny or cloudy. Right. It says smoky. That's, my, the, that's what the Apple that's Watch the says. That's the forecast. It says smoky. Forecast is smoke. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> hey, a little programming note. This schedule this weekend for my filming on uh, the film that I'm working on is similar to last weekend. So again, Monday and Tuesday will be best of shows, a little uh, flashback. Then we'll be back with live shows on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week. The following week is wide open. We'll be on a normal schedule. And then one more week at the end, I will be off shooting. So I will keep you posted. Meanwhile, have yourselves a great weekend, kids. Try to find something fun to do, whatever that may be for you. But more importantly, stay safe. Stay the fuck at home. Wash your hands real good. Stay good in the hood. And always remember. Stay swell. Give them hell, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>